gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Wire, your number one source for patriotic truth. Obviously, we're down Ryan today, but Grace, Connor, and myself, Sean, we're here. We're going to be discussing Cuba and the American left and their, the Democrat-led government basically ignoring what's going on uh, as Cubans fight for freedom in that on that island nation. Um, but before we dive into that, please do us a favor, like, share, comment on this video. Do you think the president's response has been lackluster or do you think it's been spot on? Comment below. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the to the podcast and hit the notifications bell. That way you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also, please become a member of Freedom Wire. Really easy to do. Click the link on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Give us your email. We'll start sending stories that are important to conservatives like you and like us. And you probably won't read anywhere else. Um, it was bound to happen, right? We, we've been... There's only you can only suppress a people for so long before they end up having to you know having their fill and saying look it's either liberty or death and it seems like the the people of Cuba have come to their to the limits of their of their uh, ability to cope with their the fascist regime there um, our government seems to think for some weird reason. They're protesting over increased COVID cases and COVID deaths. Meanwhile, these people are chanting Libertad all over the place. Yeah, they're, they're walking around chanting, like you said, uh, Libertad. They're also, you know, saying uh, Cuba's not yours. They're demonstrating against government buildings. Uh, and they're also waving the American flag. That's an important thing to remember funny how that happens. Yeah, that, that, uh, that <laughs> notorious symbol of racism, bigotry, hatred, and oppression is being waved around by people who are chanting for freedom from tyranny. Funny how that works. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where we stand on the American flag, but... I know where Hong Kong stands on it. Yeah. They did the same thing. Yeah, it turns out oppressed peoples all over the world for centuries, essentially, have been waving that flag as a way to symbolize freedom, but we'll get into that later because that's not <laughs> that's not the opening part of the story here. Um, yeah, the the Biden administration released via the State Department. They're saying that oh, this this uprising, these demonstrations, it's caused by a lack of COVID vaccines, and people are angry about strict you know tariffs and trade embargoes placed on Cuba. Incorrect. No. That, that is not true. Anyone who has watched the videos can see that it is not true, which is why the Cuban government has cut internet and phone service to and large power. and power to large chunks of the country so that no videos can get out. Although I did see a thing that uh, even I think Ron DeSantis mentioned where it's possible for internet and phone service and stuff from Florida to get to Cuba in certain uh, little areas. So they're saying they might look into doing that to, you know, get the word out. Now, obviously, it's it's hard to do because it's, you know, in another country. But this is where the people who are paying attention are, where their minds are at right now. Because nobody's buying the lie that, oh, they're just mad about vaccines and embargoes. 
Like, no, this is an uprising against a fascist, or not, not a fascist, a, a communist government. And where's the outcry from the rest of the world, really? Well, We're not getting it. What's interesting is the statement from the White House came more than 24 hours after these protests started. Um, I think that's telling. I really do. I think that's telling of how our presidency, our you know, the American presidency, feels towards the uh, the another failure of socialism and communism. They're sad about it. I really think they're sad about it. And if you saw Bernie Sanders, Bernie, like you know, Bernie Sanders himself. He says that people should have the right to protest, but also during his little tweet, takes a shot at the United States. You know, it's the United States' fault for the embargo on Cuba. Bottom line is, that's what embargoes are supposed to do. He says it has not helped the Cuban people, and he's 100% right. The embargoes does not help the Cuban people, but they're not designed to. They're they're meant to hurt the people. the governments that all these embargo, you know, any sanctioned government gets in order to put pressure on them to be more democratic. It's not a, it's not rocket science. It's just how it's supposed to be. And unfortunately, the Cuban people have had to suffer because of these embargoes. But it's, it's, this would not be happening right now. You know, if, if there were no embargoes and there were no, there would still be no chance for freedom in, in Cuba. They're going to suffer either way because even if we open up trade with Cuba with no tariffs and no embargoes, the money's all going to go to the Cuban government. It's not going to go to the people. Nope. And that's the whole point of it is to hurt the Cuban government because it's no, no matter what happens, nothing's going to help them except their own government if they decide to. So, unfortunately, I think Biden's just they, they just don't know what to say because they haven't taken a stance on Cuba. And when they did talk about Cuba in March, they said they're reviewing the previous administration's stance on it, and they're going to consider taking off the tariffs that Trump put on them. I guess they, they said that Trump deemed them like a terrorist terrorist threat or something like that. And I was really confused by that. I don't know if you I guys remember know what that's about. Me neither. I'm over here about that. I don't no. know if Trump's Cuba stance. Up, yeah. his, his Cuba stance went very unreported. Like it. It wasn't really clear. If you remember back, Obama well, we tried did. to tried to renormalize relations with Cuba, open it up. He had that whole thing where he went to Cuba and spoke, uh, ironically, standing in front of a Che Guevara statue. Um, you know, because that guy is obviously someone we should idolize. That uh, crazy murderer who butchered Rapist. butchered homosexuals and raped women and stuff. Yeah, this this guy. He was he was a he was an esteemed freedom fighter. We should put him on our t-shirts and well, if we let our kids wear them. George Floyd, they, you know, they might as well have statues of, of I guess. The Cubans love Trump. They love everything mm-hmm. he stands for. They love America, especially the Cubans down here in Miami and the, the he keeps getting the awards, the Cuban awards for a Bay of Pigs. Mhm. It's called is it called the Bay of Pigs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, living in Florida like we do, the situation with Cuba has always been like a very it's been a relevant local, thing. It's, it's, it's a, a local thing it's because a local event. Yeah, like Cuba's ninety miles from Key West. Uh, Cuban culture is a huge thing down here. Uh, me being as white as a jar of mayonnaise was raised loving Cuban food just because there's so much of it down here. I have good friends who are Cuban. One of my best friends from high school actually. 
his uh, his grandfather was taken as a POW during the Bay of Pigs invasion. Like this is not just relevant; it's recent local history for a lot of the people down here. Um, so, I, like I remember back when Castro died, there were people dancing in the streets of Miami because this man who had torn their nation apart and forced many of them to flee to this country was now dead. And it was like, people thought it would be sort of a turning point for Cuba. And it really wasn't because the, the government remained in place. Hopefully this can sort of be a step in the right direction, but yeah, unfortunately this seems to happen like every 20, 25, 30 Mm -hmm. years. I mean, they're at the 70s, the 90s, and now it's 2021. So I really don't think anything's going to change for them, unfortunately. Well, the only difference is now is the world is a lot smaller. And what I mean by that is things that happened in the early 90s or in the 70s weren't as prevalent on the news. Um, what wasn't, wasn't something that... Well, I think they were, because that's the whole reason Scarface was... Well, what I mean is, is like... People don't see it daily. They would see a little bit of a news story. It's not something that they were like, you know, obviously outside of South Florida, you know, it's not something that somebody in rural Ohio would open up their, their, mm-hmm. you know, their newspaper and read about. They would be, or they would read about it, but it wouldn't be on the front page. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you go, but now if you go onto the internet, it's on a lot of the news, news sites, it's on their front page. I think it's something that's the that's one difference. Well, see how quickly it got shut down, though. The Cuban government went in and, and cracked down on it. Well, they're, day. And they're, they're continuing the crackdown yeah, by five, five people dead, 60 missing. Yeah, there, there have been reports they're opening fire on protesters with, you know, riot control methods and also live ammunition, according to some reports. Uh, there have been videos alleging that the military police are actually. Plain, they're dressed in plain clothes. Yeah, they're dressed in plain clothes, and also there's units dragging people out of their homes and forcibly enlisting them in the military or like the the riot response. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of a breaking story, so we'll we'll see where that goes. But like the videos show them dragging people out of their houses and putting them in military vans. Um, it, it's at this point alleged but unconfirmed whether they are you know forcibly enlisting them, whatever they're doing, but. This is the basic tactic of a communist government defending itself. And this is what the left wants here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember way back when Nancy Pelosi freaked out about unidentified jackbooted stormtroopers hauling off rioters in Portland? Well, the only reason they were mad about that is because those rioters were leftists. If it was any other demographic that was unpopular with the left, they would have been fine with it. Well, it, it that was a hoax. Yeah. Of course. And, and no, well, yeah. And well, yeah, like it, it wasn't even happening. Yeah, it like, wasn't even happening. These were people in riot gear, <laughs> but they weren't unidentified. Like it said on their armbands and on the truck what mm-hmm. division they worked for and everything. And they were arresting criminals. Yeah, they were. That's what happens. You're, you're mm-hmm. a criminal, you get arrested. In Cuba, you're sitting at home with no AC, you know, watching the, the, the state-led TV, and all of a sudden you get your door bashed in, and you're getting yanked out of your home. That's because someone happened. you know was mar- like someone related to you was marching in the street, so now they're going to yeah. come arrest you because you're a family member. And it's creepy to think about the what, what they want to do now. They want to send out 
text messages to Americans and ask if any of their friends or family are showing extremist behavior. Yeah, I, I was actually just going to comment on that. The FBI just released a thing through its official social media asking people to report friends and family for being exposed to extremist ideology. And where does where does the line begin and end with extremist ideology? It, it, it is totally dependent on who's in power. Whatever you think is extreme it, it is totally subjective. Now, obviously, we they, they get the foot in the door by saying things like, okay, well, if someone you know was, you know, reading ISIS Reddit posts or something, or like in, you know, Al-Qaeda 4chan groups, okay, maybe you want to, like, be aware of that guy. But then they move the they move the goalpost a little bit. Okay, he's not he's not talking with ISIS now. He's he's talking with like white supremacist militias. Now it's just militias. Now it's just like Second Amendment groups. Now he happened to mention in a text message that he didn't think the Capitol riot was all that bad. Maybe he should go to jail for that. Militias become such a bad word these days. You can't even associate yourself with the militia without people freaking mm -hmm. out without the government thinking you're a terrorist extremist. Even though the Second Amendment says that we have the right to have a well-regulated militia, mm -hmm. that's literally part of our, our rights. Well, well, except, and, and yet, they give, there's that all-black militia from Georgia that they give a pass. Yeah. It all yeah. depends, again, it all depends on, what you know, there is no, like, there is no racism problem anymore. There is because they're creating a racism problem. The problem, there is, it's not about color anymore. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, well, let me rephrase that. It's not about black and white anymore. It's about red and blue. If you are red, whatever you are doing is negative. If you are blue, whatever you are doing is positive. Um, we've seen this everywhere. We've seen this with women. We've seen this, we can see this with the way they treated Melania Trump. An immigrant speaks five languages, you know, worked her way up from, uh, you know, poverty in, uh, was it Slovakia? I don't remember. Slovenia. Where she, Slovenia. From Slovenia, became a, became a model, became married to one of the world's most prominent billionaires, and became the first lady of the United States. How that is not a story that is embraced by America is beyond me. Meanwhile... Jill Biden, who cheated on her husband with Joe Biden, uh, went to school to become a doctor of education uh, is, uh, and is now seen as this paragon of American values. It, 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 it's This has everything. And so back to the militia thing, the hope that that all black militia gets a free pass because they are left a leftist group. If you're if you're a right leaning group, which is it seems to be any other militia other than this, the uh, what is it the, the the rise of the Moors? No, 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 no. no this is the okay. uh, the get stuff done. Oh, then, then there's also the uh, the NFAC, the not effing around coalition. That's who it is. That's yeah. what it is. It's the, yeah. the NFAC is that all black militia. Yeah. And then the, the the one I just mentioned, the Rise of the Moors, was this group that was involved in a armed standoff. No shots were fired or anything, but they were on the side of the road heading to some training exercise. This is a group of all African descent black people 
uh, who, you know, they're not anti-government, but they are, like, pro-isolationism. One of those, like, very fringe, quasi-black supremacist groups that, you know, has started to rise up. They were spotted on the side of the road, heavily armed. You know, the, the area was evacuated, police were called, and there was a standoff. And every single major news outlet that covered the story used a stock photo of white militia groups for the feature image on that story. Because <laughs> they, they had no photos of the actual standoff or of the suspects or anything. So they just grabbed militia group stock photos that were all white people. Which is like terrible journalism. Yes. Because, yeah, you're, you're. It's, it's, it's bad journalism. But uh, <laughs> looping it back to Cuba, on the front of bad journalism, or like this is just peak 2021 insanity. I believe it was the Washington Post. I could be wrong on that, um, but ran a headline about how Cubans were, you know, chanting freedom and other anti-government slogans. So, <laughs> yeah, freedom is an anti-government slogan. Anti-government, they're anti-communist, but they can't say that because yes. communist sympathizers. Yeah, they they can't ever say anything against the Cuban government's actual system of government because they can't openly condemn communism. Well, and here's the thing. The, the, the squad hasn't said one word. Not one word. Two days Bernie later. Sanders hasn't said one word. In no, fact, Ber Bernie has. Yeah. Oh, well, remember, remember back you know, on, on the campaign when he you know thought he had a snowflake's chance in hell of being president, um, he praised Cuba's literacy programs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't these idiot oh, yeah. Cubans realize that they're protesting against great literacy programs right now? What's wrong with them? Like, yeah. I mean, they get classic cars, good cigars, and awesome literacy programs. What is to be complained about there? Yeah. Bernie, you realize why they have good literacy programs, right? I'm going to... They have literacy programs so these, these people can read the propaganda the government puts out. That's why they have good literacy programs. Um, Bernie did say, you know, he, he feels that every human should have the right to protest and whatever. Um, I, I, I actually just wrote a piece on it. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be live linked in the description um, below. So, yeah, you'll be able to read that. But um, the fact of the matter is none of the squad has said a word. And this is two days later. Rashida Tlaib did have time to send off a, a Twitter thread against the apartheid state of Israel. Yeah, but and, and here's the whole thing. And I looked at, at, at everything on Biden's twi uh, Twitter feed. It's all about anti-gun. So it's it's anti anti gun, uh, prop you know, rhetoric, anti gun rhetoric. Meanwhile, this fight for democracy should be on the lips and for, and in the forefront of everybody's thoughts right now, especially in the federal government. What do you think he should do? Well, in in part of that, you want to know why we're also concerned about like the well being of Cuban protesters because they have no guns. Because there there are no firearms allowed for the yep. citizens of Cuba, so any like you said, there's like one of these things every thirty or twenty thirty years or so, they get put down brutally and in the span of a couple days because nobody can defend themselves. They have no weapons, mm -hmm. so it, it, it's it, almost a little concerning that Biden Cuba, has anti-gun tweets going on right now. Cuba is a touchy situation. What as far as what the American government, especially the president, can do. But he can always voice his support mm -hmm. 
of freedom and democracy. Now, can he put boots on the ground? No. No, we don't want to do that. We cannot no. do that because that would lead to, you know, that I think boots on the ground leads to World War Three in Cuba. And I, I mean, I don't mean not in, I mean, let me rephrase it. It's been a very quick war. It's, it's been a long Boots on the ground yeah. in Cuba would lead to World War Three. Yeah, but we, we don't not in Cuba. It's it's been a long time since that missile crisis, but like things are not necessarily better behind the curtain. Yeah, come, Russia or China would come to Cuba's mm-hmm. uh, aid if that were the case. That's exactly what would happen. So, what needs to happen right now is Biden, uh, Biden, and the rest of the American government needs to be voicing their opinion. Daily and often mm-hmm. about why this is important that we support the Cuban people who are rising up in favor of democracy over communism. Yeah, th- this is an important issue. I kind of kind of wanted to get into here about you know there's all sorts of people with all sorts of opinions on this of oh America needs to get involved. We need to you know send support. We need to do nothing. We need to make statements. Our foreign policy on these situations is very hit or miss, really, because right now we have Cubans waving the American flag, fighting against a communist government that is oppressing them and killing their people, and it's horrible. Uh, We saw that in Hong Kong not too long ago, where they were fighting against an oppressive communist government, waving the American flag, calling for democracy, freedom, uh, even waving signs asking for a second amendment for them. Uh, and in both instances, the the collective response to it from the United States government was very, eh. Like, sure, we got, you know, Trump spoke up and people in his administration and people at various levels of politics are speaking on both, but there was not this collective thing of, we support the cause of democracy internationally, and even if we don't send troops over there, we, we you know, obviously support the people. We condemn the government they're protesting against. We didn't get that. But weirdly enough, like, there are times where America goes around the world. It's like, yeah, we're going to install democracy. We're going to topple dictators. And then it just goes horribly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it's kind of sucks. Like, I, America likes to well, think its foreign policy is like World War II. It's not. It, we're we're not we're not the foreign policy of World War Two anymore. Yeah, I think arguably this is happening. I, I mean, again, it, this could just be a thing that happens every 20, 30 years. But arguably, I think it could have happened because of Biden's inaction and just complete silence on Cuba. Silence is violence, and they. So this is happening in Cuba, and the same thing happened with Hamas. As soon as Biden got in, Hamas felt emboldened to start attacking Israel. So I think these regimes around the country, and also Russia and China, have become more aggressive towards their neighbors. And I think it's just a broader theme is people will know that Biden isn't going to do mm-hmm. anything about it. So it's like, why, why hold back? Well, like, look at uh, Biden pulling out of Afghanistan. Like, I think when Trump first announced that he wanted to pull out of Afghanistan, this was back even before COVID, before Grace was on the team. It was just me and Sean and Ryan in our old conference room going off about that. And we, we discussed it for a bit and we, we weren't too sure if we supported how Trump was doing it. Like we, in theory, love the idea of, you know, ending the endless wars, bringing our troops home and everything. But the pullout was, you know, being done 
in a way that kind of left things open where we weren't too sure about how stable things would be. And lo and behold, Biden pulls out of Afghanistan and within days, vacated military bases are taken over by the Taliban and the Afghanistan army surrenders almost immediately. But would it have happened under Trump? Who, who's who's to say? And like that, that that might be one of those questions that never gets answered. Uh, so like yes, obviously we support ending wars that just drag on forever. But when you've been in a place for twenty years, toppling governments with the intention of we're going to establish democracy on a people that doesn't really want it and doesn't seem ready for it, st- this kind of thing happens. <laughs> Where our foreign policy around the world is. Help the terrorists topple the government and then wonder how terrorists ended up running a country. Well, I think in the case of Afghanistan, it's like we might as well just cut our losses mm-hmm. at this point. Because yeah. we have been there so long, even if it doesn't result in anything. That should have been resolved a long time ago, yeah. but nobody wanted to do it because of the military industrial complex. So I, don't, I think it's time we just we just stop the yeah. terrorists take over there. I mean, exactly. That's what the people, if that's what the people want, that's what the yeah. people get. Yeah. The only way we should get involved is like when those terrorists over there start coming coming after us. And that's why we went in the first place. Like, it wasn't a bad thing to go to Afghanistan to try to go after bin Laden and everything. The problem was that we then proceeded to stay for 20 years. Stabilization thing, building the country. We should have never done any of that. Yeah, and that goes back to that glowing image we have of ourselves. Of You know, we went over to Europe during World War II and we drove the Germans out of France and we pursued them all the way to Berlin and then we, you know, won in the, the Eastern Front against Japan. Japan and everything, and we have this idea that, you know, this is what we do. This, we defend freedom around the world. But mm-hmm. ev- look at every time America's gotten involved in some big thing internationally since World War II. Vietnam, Korea, uh, you know, all the stuff in the Middle East where, you know, we went to Afghanistan after bin Laden and then decided we also had to go to Iraq to take out uh, Saddam Hussein. And look at Libya. We went to Libya helped them topple Gaddafi, and now Libya is a failed state run by terrorists, and we got Benghazi out of it. Like, that's what happens when you try to install democracy on people who don't want it. And yet, in that way. Yeah, in, in that way. But then we also have people like uh, the citizens of Hong Kong and the citizens of Cuba who want democracy, who are ready for democracy. They want to drive out the government that's oppressing them and get a representative thing in there. And we can't get on the same page about saying, yeah, let's like at least give them support verbally. And instead we have to be like, nah, half of us are gonna stay silent because we kind of like the communist government. We don't wanna seem hypocritical by condemning socialism because we actually think bread lines are better anyway. And then the other half is gonna be like trying to make a point, but we're gonna say they're crazy. It's, yeah. it, our foreign policy is in a very weird place, but you know, for the sake of democracy around the world, it, like, Let's at least try to talk on the same page here. Yeah, I, I think the world should be supporting the people of Cuba right now. Um, just verbally, whatever they can do to keep it in the, you know, the more people are paying attention to it, the, the more, the less uh, violent I think the government can be with the mm-hmm. more eyes that are on it. Um, I don't think they care. These kinds of people, regimes, don't care about what other people think. They China do. They do. Canada. They do. If if their big brother in Russia or their big brother in China go, look, you're bringing us a lot of heat. Let's. You got to figure out a way. This is bad. No, no, <laughs> I understand, but 
at least they're trying to blend in with they're they're the serial killers trying to blend in with the crowd. Mm-hmm. Right now, Cuba is 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 dressed like you know Pogo the Clown, John Wayne Gacy style, walking around. It's just so, I know it's a weird analogy, but you know it, that's kind of how it I think it goes. But uh, I don't know. I think I just think we need to keep, it needs to stay in the forefront because the problem is the the American news cycle is so fast mm-hmm. and things get forgotten about. Look, look at how quickly being yeah. Already, yeah, Hong exactly. Kong became background noise. Yep. And for the sake of our neighbors who are only 90 miles away from us, let's not let this be background noise until it gets resolved. Yes. You guys don't watch the mainstream networks. You gotta watch things like Newsmax because I was watching Newsmax last night. All of it was Cuba coverage. Every single mm-hmm. show. Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. I learned so much about Cuba in the past 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> from watching Newsmax. Yeah. <laughs> but if you listen to NBC or Fox or whatever. Of course. So... Stay aware, people. Yes. It's not over. Thank you guys for watching. Hopefully you like what you heard. More importantly, hopefully you agree to what you heard. If you did, like, share, do all that stuff we asked you to do in the beginning. Become a member of Freedom Wire and uh, help us fight the libtocracy. Yeah. Anybody have anything? I'll throw in a reminder. Links in the description below. Articles, videos, other podcasts, everything you want to know and more. Also, we're on Spotify. Go over there. Subscribe to us. If you're listening on Spotify now, make sure to subscribe uh, give us a download. Make sure you follow along. Never miss an episode. And uh, yeah, take us with you on the go and constantly check in on what we're doing because we bring you more updates multiple times a week. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Stay free, America. God bless you guys. <laughs>